0: Log Talk Radio.
1: we can talk to God. So, um, again, I want to welcome you, Facebook. I want to welcome you, Blog Talk, into the last Monday of the month of May. This is the fifth Monday. It's our youth service Monday. And I mentioned it on Facebook earlier for Blog Talk listeners that I um, didn't get a chance to get anyone to minister for the youth, but as a mother, as a neighbor, as a citizen of Chicago, Illinois, I said I would take it upon myself so that we can begin to see if we can come together, if we will come together, and try to make our mind up, do you understand how we need to come together to? come up with a way of helping our children, first it's done naturally, then spiritually. I, I, I talked with two people today um, and asked them what is it that they notice and they see about things uh, we need for our youth. And we begin to talk and I said, you know, I understand that one of the persons told me, they said, first of all, it starts at home. Everything starts at home. And when a person isn't getting the information they need at home, they end up in the streets getting information because they either it's a broken home or the mother or father is working so hard when they are at home, they're tired, or it's only in one parent household. And the parent, whether it's the mother, the father, the auntie, the uncle, grandparent, whoever it is, the guardian, i put it like that, may not have a lot of energy to provide exactly what that child needs or wants or they don't have a lot of finances to provide what that child needs or wants. Um, I remember growing up hearing adults say that an idle mind is a playground for the devil, that that we need to keep busy. We need to keep the the kids busy. So if they're busy with doing things, we had chores. You know, uh, I remember if my father wanted to paint, before he would paint the walls, we would have a little step ladder and a ladder. We had to go up to the ceiling on the ladder and wash the walls all the way down to the floor, the baseboard, the trip, everything, window sills, everything. We had to wash it all because he said he was not going to paint what the paint looked like. It's dirt, dust, and hair under it, which made a lot of sense because of the difference in the way the wall is the paint looked and absorbed on the wall because of the preparation. Mm-hmm. I remember um, when we swept the floor, whether it was with a broom or a dust mop or a damp mop, he would tell us and my mom would tell us to move the furniture. They would say, don't just sweep in the middle of the floor pull the furniture away from the wall, sweep behind it, sweep up under it. Don't pick the rug up and sweep the dirt under it. No, get it up. We had vents in the floor that our parents made sure we didn't sweep the dirt over in the vent because they would make us open the vents up and clean that out. They kept us busy so that we didn't have an idle mind. Mm. They told us sometimes we wanted to play with toys, they would say, get a book. My, I'm hungry, but get a book and a sandwich. Eat that sandwich while you're reading. Mm. See, they kept us busy. Back then we had stuff in school and in a park district that we can go and join. Look, like little uh, nature clubs, you want to learn about um, the grass, flowers, or how to grow flowers. You want to go there and take a home economics. You want to learn how to cook or sew. We had activities. You want to learn how to play sports or uh, go swimming and stuff. We had activities. That's what we had growing up. We had after school where if you needed help, you can get help with your reading, your math, uh, whatever you need the help with. We had after school programs. We had things called like um, career uh, 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 choices where you can go in there and, and decide, look at the careers, you could ask questions, you could learn about them, their career day. Or you just had a, a counselor you can go talk to at school or in the park district or the library. We we had we had options. But politicians got involved and decided they was going to show us how they could save money. Instead of them locking, taking up all their raises, they would take it up and Uh, They decided to raise the taxes and um, take away different things that basically black and brown communities needed real bad. Mm -hmm. And if they did leave it in our communities, what happened was that it cost so much. A parent couldn't afford it for one, let alone two children or more. I remember... When we sat down and we had respect for our elders, for our parents, for our churches, when we walked into a room, we didn't just walk in and step over people. We walked in and said, hello, good evening. If we needed to get by, we said, excuse me, may I pass? And if they moved out of the way you went on, if they didn't, you patiently waited. You didn't go in there, get out the way. You see me coming through it. You didn't just ignore them, step over. No, it wasn't that. It was a level of respect we had to have. We were taught that. I remember one time asking my mom something, and we were taught if I wanted to ask something, I would have to say, excuse me. Well, I see my parent, my father was talking or my mom was talking. Either one, I would wait till they addressed me and said, what do you want? Or how can I help you? They would have to look at you. They didn't look down. They looked at you to let you know, I'm talking to you now. We had to wait, whether it was two minutes, three minutes, or whatever. But once you said, excuse me, you better not get frustrated and fed up because it took so long. To acknowledge you. You waited. And then you said to them what it was that you desired. Sometimes they would ask ask you right away. Sometimes they would say, look, I ain't got time for that. Talk to me later. I'll talk to you later. But you waited. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing from my parents, I got your back, right or wrong. I got your back. But I prefer you be right because if you wrong, I got your back. But we're going to deal with that. So we were taught to re- not only to respect our house, but to respect our parents and respect their time. We were taught. I, I, I remember me and my sister Cecilia, possibly like we loved wearing <laughs> cat suits and mini skirts and short shorts. But we knew we couldn't wear that out our house. So either we wore it under our clothes. When we left the house, we got out and made a pit stop and changed it to But before we went back home, we made sure we went back and never we had on. Mm. I remember. So I'm saying all that to say I'm setting up something where you have to understand back then we had respect. Our parents may not have had college education. They may not, not been very book smart, but baby, the lesson, they taught us you couldn't have liked it in a book anyway. Just like they say, uh, becoming a parent, <clears throat> there is no book written for you to become a parent. We know that the Word of God says, honor thy mother, thy father. That's Exodus 20 and 12. Read it. We know that the Word of God teaches us to also go about being a child a certain way and for parents to be a certain way. We know that Ephesians, I wrote these down, and some am just going to tell you what to read. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, children. Obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is right thing to do. Honor your father and your mother. Now, that's Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. But I also told you about Exodus 20 and 12. Honor thy mother and father, that thy days shall be longer on this green earth that the Lord has given thee. We know that Proverbs 22 and 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. That's what the Word of God says. The Word of God also says in Isaiah 54 and 13, all your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. See, when you raise your kids up with the fear of the Lord and you raise your kids up the way that the Word of God says, great is their peace. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 1, 8-9 says, hear my son your father instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching for they are graceful garland for your head and you know how you had a little pendant for your neck mm-hmm. I- I'm saying all that because see I know that there are some children out there that don't have a happy home. Some children out there are not from a happy home. I know, I know this. Some children find out it's safer in the streets for them than at home. It's, it's so much. I would want. I want to say tonight, but we don't have the time. Did you know? <clears throat> In some countries, countries that some children are made kings and queens, some children are betrothed to older men. Little, little girls are given to somebody as they wife at a very young age where they they not even improved. I don't know how you say it, improved it yet. They haven't had their first hair under their arm. Did you know that some children don't even have a choice? Now we want to say, "Oh, those rich kids," but what about the ones that's poor? Who little girls, men give their fathers diaries for them. Mm. They're as we could say, commodity. You you take your daughter and you get a certain possession for her. Uh-huh. Think about that. What about some boys that are sold because they're bucks, that's what they want to call them, or, or um, they let them go. I'm talking about and, and not just some countries, some states. You hire your sons out because they are uh, able to help support the family, but they don't get the chance for education. and Nobody ever asks them their dreams. What about the children that we have because we work, especially if you are always at work, whether you're two parents or a one-parent household, um, they're latchkey kids. You trust your child. Mm -hmm. What about the children that you have an older child or two that you tell them, I got to go to work or I need some sleep or I got to do this because you work at two or three jobs or whatever. They got to watch the other children. They got to cook for them. They got to clean them up. They got to keep them clean. They got to feed them. They got to help them with their homework. They got to dress them. They got to get them ready for bed. They got to get them ready for school the next day. They got to clean the house. They got to wash the clothes. They got to keep the floors clean. They got to take out the garbage. They got to do all this, but they never got a chance to be a child because they're helping out at the house or the mother or the father don't have time. See it's a it's a two side to this thing. What about those children that are left alone to sin for themselves? I ain't got no money. I ain't can't I can't buy them shoes. I can't buy them. dress. Put on what you got on. What about them children that say, Well my all my friends got this? It's it's easy to say I don't care what your friends have, or don't worry about what they got. This is, but you got to understand peer pressure. Mm-hmm. These children out here are dealing with peer pressure. Some young people feel like I wrote down something earlier. I want to share with you all. Let me find it, let me find it. Some young people feel like nobody wanna hear them because we're not listening. We're so busy caught up on what we got going on, uh, what we finna have going on. You know, I remember growing up, my grandmother looked like a grandmother. My grandmothers are called grandmothers and I ain't got time to be no grandmama. So the grandmama ain't got time to be a grandmama, then the mother ain't got time to be a mother, so now the kid and the mother are running buddies, you know. Please don't get mad at me. If this shoe don't fit, don't wear it. But if this shoe fits you, take it to Jesus. I'm just putting out there not I'm not I'm just the one saying something about it now, but people call people saying it. Some kids don't have nobody to encourage them. Mm -hmm. Some kids don't have nobody that believes in them. I remember hearing my cousin, Apostle Sandra Thomas, testify, the late Apostle Sandra Thomas, testify about her youngest son, Prophet Antoine Thomas, how he used to bang on pots and pans, and he used to do this and he used to do that but she was, She didn't stop them. It's not too many uh, instruments. Apostle Thomas says her children can't play the piano, the drums, the guitar, whatever, and they didn't have lessons. You never know what your child is going to become or who they're going to become if you don't encourage them, if you don't believe in them, if you don't push them in a way to develop a skill. Some of these children haven't had nobody to teach them nothing. I've heard parents say, baby, you better go out there and shake what your mama gave you. You better get that money. Get that money, baby. Cook a crook, crook, better get that money. Go out there, do what you got to do to get what you need. i didn't heard them the instead of saying, baby, education. You got some still out here saying it, but we, we, we're just talking about The children that we've seen that can't reach peer pressure is something else. You got kids out here, and I've heard people do this, and I saw them do it: curse out a two, three-year-old baby or younger, because they won't stop crying. You ever thought they was hungry or wet or cold or something's hurting them or they're sick? I've seen saying they've always been cursed out. Some of them don't even know their name. They, they've they been, whatever you've been calling them all their life. They think that's what they are. I've seen children go out here hanging out with their mama, doing things. I, I mean, I've seen this. Me and my mom, we uh, do things together. We're best friends. I would never be my child best friend. I'm talking about me now. I ain't say you. It's me. I would never be my child's friend. Like my mother told me one time, I said I was a little girl because she didn't let me do something I wanted to do. I said, that's why you're not my friend. She said, correct. And I would never be your friend. Now, when you get older, I'll be friendly to you, but I'll never be a friend with you. You would never put me in a friendship category because no matter what, You call me, the first thing you call me is mother. See, that's what we have to understand. When our children are born, the birth certificate says the mother. We have to earn the title of mommy. That's my mom. That's my mama. Hey, mommy, we have to earn that title. As through the father. It says father name. He has to earn that title of dad, daddy pops. That's what you have I have a cousin that calls his mama party girl. I said, why you call her party girl? He said, because that's what she is. He has no respect for his mom because he said she was a party girl. That's what he called her. I have a nephew that calls his father the other guy. I said, boy, why you call your daddy that? He said, no, nah, he he's not my daddy. He's never been nothing but the other guy. Every time he tell me he's going to do something, it's the other guy that walked into my life, that became my father. He did for me. He made sure I went on prom. He made sure I graduated from school. He made sure I had food on my table. He made sure I had this. He made sure I had that. He said, him right there, that's on my birth ticket. That's the other guy. And I said, wow. We got to learn how not to be the other guy in the party label, a party lady in our kids' life. Because what we have to do is make sure we understand that peer pressure with children, pulling them in and pushing them out, is something else. Because I remember growing up, I don't care what my friends did, me and my sister Cecilia. He was like, uh-uh, I ain't doing that. I ain't doing. It. Peer pressure was just as a mess then as it do it is now. See, right now, I'm staying on the same subject, but it look like I'm going around. But I'm staying on the same subject. When we were growing up, we had to deal with gangs. Gangs had territory. Now it seemed like gangs are, as the person I was talking to earlier, they said, click. They from block to block. You got the twenty six hundred block gang, the twenty seven hundred block gang. It could be on the same street. We're just gonna say uh State Street. You can have the two hundred block state street and you can have the three hundred block state street. Both east side, just say two hundred east state, three hundred east state. We know that's downtown area. But that's what they they, they clicked. That's what I was told. Now, when I sit back and I was saying, so what can we do to help bring our children together, our grandchildren, get them to understand, I hear you. I see you. I want to encourage you. I'm trying to believe in you. What can we do to make sure they understand we want to fight with you and for you, but we need you to help us help you by making sure you tell us what you want and keep telling us until somebody really listens. We, we as parents and adults, we need to hold these politicians to the promise that they made, that they said, and that they gave. For example, things happened over this weekend. This was basically the first holiday weekend of this new mayor in the city of Chicago, Brandon Johnson. Brandon went out there and made a a showing, a statement, trying to pull the city together. but. He's one man dealing with a whole lot of our children. We can't give him a magic wand and say, "Brandy, go out there and sprinkle your little dust and make it better. You all, we have to come together. Now, I can only imagine how it is now because I remember growing up, we, we knew this lady that had some sons that, They was always into something, doing something, and she would always justify what they was doing. Oh, no, my son wouldn't do this. Oh, no, my children wouldn't do that. But then when they started doing it to her, they became trifling. See, we got to get to the point we got to know we're dealing with trifling situations. When you know that your children are doing things that you know that ain't right, don't wait till the mayor give the order to the police department and whoever else you give it, they're okay to, to come and get your child when we could have played a role in our children's life of, baby, look here. Don't do that. Because, see, this is going to cost you back. This is your action is going to cause them to react, and the reactions of your action is going to just, not just be devastating to you, but to our family, to our community. You don't know who your child is supposed to be. You don't know who your child will become because we're so busy trying to hide something, keep something, or trying to see what we're going to get out the deal. I I, I just want to... I just want to say that we know that the Word of God teaches us about how to teach our children. We know that the Word of God teaches us how to cover our children. But we got to get to the place, we got to tell these politicians, we voted for you because you promised us you was going to do better. Don't let us just keep selling for the three months. The three, you know, I'm going to say three days, three months, three years. We need some input from the young people. We need some input from the family members. We need some input from our neighborhood. We need to go back. You know, a lot of the young people say, "I don't want to hear about this stuff from the old," but I'm I'm, I'm going to mention it so I know I said it. They think that the government came up with free lunches. They didn't. The Black Panthers came up with making sure the children had something to eat. So when we went to school when we were little, they made sure we had breakfast. We had a decent lunch. We we They made sure we had little, they want to call them choke sandwiches. They made sure we had something. Because, see, if you all only knew what it was like when we was growing up, See, if we keep doing what we're doing, some of us don't find out we're going backwards, but it's going to seem like it's something new to you all because you never experienced that. You don't know what it was like to wait in the cheese line to get a block of cheese. Best cheese in the world, you ask me. To get that big old roll. You see how it's put up doing like this? Bologna. That's baloney in the world to me. To get a a pound of salt pork and a bag of rice and a, a, a block or two of lard. I say vegetable oil. I say lard. See, it, y'all don't know what that's like. Give you some lye soap to wash your clothes and stuff in. If, if you get it on your hand and leave it there too long. I say lye, it'll eat your skin off. See, some of y'all don't know about that. Getting two or three boxes pile of powdered milk, you gotta have so many kids in your family to qualify for something. See, you you all know about this link car. but see something happened when the government got involved in our lives. They took the family out. Another thing was mentioned to me today before I try to open this up so somebody can. Uh, talk with me on blog, talk with anybody on Facebook you want to type something in. They said to me that I want to stand something. I said, what's that, sir? Why is it in my neighborhood every other corner got a liquor store on it? Mm. I said, true that. But when I go to the suburbs, so I'm gonna use the West Side for example. You got a liquor store on Roosevelt, a big one, right off Austin. You got a liquor store on Madison, nice size one. Then you got a big liquor store on North Avenue. And the suburbs. But between Madison and North Avenue, every other corner have a liquor store. But it's not like that on Roosevelt and Oak Park area, this road. It's not like that on North Avenue area, and with parking down. But when you get in the black and brown community, you find liquor stores on basically every other corner. I say you're right. I go to through a lot of neighborhoods, I don't I, I tell you what I see. I see a lot of Mexican restaurants and they support their people. When I go through Chinatown I see a lot of Chinese restaurants and they support their people. But when I go through my neighborhood, unfortunately, I don't see us with a lot of restaurants because we really don't support our people. So when we don't take our people of importance, why are we so surprised other people don't? So I'm going to pause right there because it's a lot I can say, but I want to know what you all say, what you all think. And just help me to help get the word out so we can all get the need out of what we can do as far as helping our communities to help our kids because our kids need help. I hate seeing them portrayed on TV like wild animals. I hate that. But we got to stop putting ourselves out there like we are. The, the lines are open on blog topics you all would like to communicate with me, please do so at this time, the lines are open.
0: Okay, well, I see there's others on the line, but I will go ahead and say something. This is Cecilia. I think when we um talk about the community, we have to remember that the economic disparities that are in our community have made the supply and the demand what it is. So when you don't allow our men of color, whether they're Hispanic or whether they're African-American or, or another um, race, and we flood them with uh, communities with unemployment, And we imprisonate them for there's so many. If we go back and look at how many young men were imprisoned and uh, basically profiled by the cops. And so then they end up with records where they can't get jobs and things of that sort. So then they start to, um, they can't, like some people will say, well, they're robbing their own people. Well, that's true. And we need to do something about that. But, uh they to be honest, they can't they're on feet, they're on bicycles, so it's not like they could go to a place and, and get something worth selling. Um, because they actually need to have a job uh, a lot of times. They actually need to have income, but that economic disparities cause people to get um anxious. It causes them to get um desperate. It causes them to do things that even if their parents taught them, um, they wouldn't do because now they're drinking and they're doing drugs and things of that sort. So now the drug is what's um, schooling them. The alcohol is what's schooling them. The disparity is what's schooling them. So it's easy to point out the things that we see, but what's the root cause of it and how do we take care of it? We're growing up. As a child, I'd never thought about working in the government because that's not what I saw. And when I did see people working in the government, they were secretaries and admin. And not that that's anything bad, but I didn't see or hear from those people who were the supervisors, the GS-15s and the SESs. They weren't coming to my community and teaching. Although we had the Youth Employment Training Program, I'm grateful for that we have to realize that until the people that have made it reach back and bring those things to the community, although you may not reach thousands, you may not meet millions, but if you can get one, and then that one can get one, and then that one can get one, we need to come back and give to the community. And um, you see John, Pastor John Hammett doing it. You see the various people. We have to give back to the community. We have to give someone something to look at other than the drug dealers, other other than the poor people on the corner, other than the gangs. We have to give them something to look at and realize that even when you're giving them something to look at, they may tell you the same thing they've told other pastors. We see you. Get out of here. This is my territory. You're messing up my money. So just like Jesus was willing to give his life, to give, we have to be willing to give. And sometimes it's uh the comfort. Uh, I love what I see uh a congresswoman, um, at least she used to be, uh, a representative Anna Zet Collins does. She's always giving back to the community. They always find uh things to talk about her and this this greater, but what about the great things that she's done for the community? So we need to see more of that. That's what I would say.
1: Amen. Thank you so much. You're so right. That's why I said I would love to hear from everyone because all I'm doing is uh, putting the water in the pot. I I I turned the fire on. It's up to you all all to put the ingredients in. Please communicate with us and let us know what you feel that we need to do and talk about and use examples for us to try to reach our children because we don't want them to get Totally lost and devastated out here, where they don't find. Everybody ain't gonna get back, but to those that can get back, you all, please talk with me. Let's talk. Okay. Well, you know, I I I was talking to. A friend the other day and we were talking about our kids. And I say, you know, I look at other races and I see how they talk to their children about if something happens to them, what they want to happen. The Word of God talks to us about a wise man leaving an inheritance to his children's children. But us black and brown people, we have to realize that if we don't put a will in place and we don't have stuff written out, our children don't automatically get something. Yeah. If it's not a will or a trust put in place and it's not stuff put out there for them, they will not get it. just want to make I want you to know that. Did you know that they have to be named as your beneficiary? Uh, like I just told you about the trust. uh, something I had looked up today, it says a 529 plan or UTMA account. It's things we have to do for our children. You know, my mom used to say to us, I want you all to know this and I want you all to know that because I don't want you to cry twice. And when I said that to the friend that I was talking to, she said, what do you mean cry twice? Cry that I'm gone and cry because you don't know where nothing's at. You don't know what my intentions is, but you can't get nobody to believe what my intentions is. I said, so when you have something, spend a couple of dollars or get a lawyer or whatever you have to do to put it in place or put their name on it so that when you're gone, nobody's fighting over what. Hmm. I'm telling you, I'm not telling you what I heard, I'm telling you what I know. Or I should say I'm not just telling you what I just heard or what I've heard about, I'm telling you what I know. We're scared to talk about death with our children. We're scared to talk about uh, wills and inheritance. We're scared. But, see, what we have to do is we're talking about solutions. When your children know what they have, what they don't have, what's a possibility, what's not a possibility, they don't know. They don't – you would be surprised at the change of a child's mindset when they understand what they have, What when they understand what is basically theirs, what is basically promised to them. You know, that, um, I'm trying to make sure I say it the right way. You know, growing up, I heard people say um, – don't go out there in them streets, ain't nothing out there in the streets. And my mother would correct them. they say, she said, I don't tell my kids that. But, see, I don't want them going outside thinking they uh, came up upon something that wasn't there. She said, it's fun out there. Mm -hmm. I said it earlier. Stop telling your kids ain't nothing out there in the streets. It's a lot out there in the streets, but you make sure you tell them how to get rescued from the streets. You make sure you let them know that the Lord is a Savior. It's nothing you have done or you can do that would keep him from forgiving you. Just don't curse the Holy Spirit. Don't curse God. You know, just don't do stuff that's an abomination. If you don't know what is an abomination, get in the Word, read it. Read it. That way you learn the Word of God for yourself. You will find out what God considers and an abomination in his sight. When you get out here, don't just call on the name of Jesus when you need him. Know that you can call on him when you just stopping by to say, God, I thank you for waking me up. I thank you for loving me. I thank you for providing for me. I wouldn't care if it was one piece of bread. God, I thank you for that. If you didn't have nothing to eat that day, God, I thank you for just Allow me to be here. You know you want people to hear you. Start listening to your children. Pray and ask God to open your kids' ears that they will hear you. Not just hear the words coming out of your mouth, but they will hear you from your heart. Ask God to forgive you. Ask God to take you back to the place where you first loved him, teach you how to love your children again. If you see a child out there in need, please say something, a smile, a hot sandwich, or just a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You will not know how far that goes in a child's life. For example, I, I try to use my life experience as examples. When my son was little, he played football for the Garfield Park Gators. Um, They was just starting up under Coach Kim Hall, and we didn't have any uniforms. We had these big old T-shirts and, uh, (laughs) oh, my God, these pants that was too big for the kids, but we we managed. We managed kids from the hood, and uh, parents just started getting together putting their money together, going by the second-hand store, going by Sport Mart when they had the cleats and stuff on sale. We just started buying stuff and just putting it out there for the kids because some of them kids had shoes that was busted with tape around it because they wanted to play. Somebody believed in them. Somebody brought something to them that they only heard about and saw on TV. We started realizing that, some of them kids' stomachs was growling so loud, we actually thought somebody was standing by us talking. So we got together, and we started putting money together, and, and we would bring juices and peanut butter and jelly and bread. And just to see those kids eating. and one little boy said he hadn't had nothing to eat in a couple of days, and we thought it was just joking. But as we went on to play in the tournament, and the little boy got so sick to his stomach, he passed out. And what had camp come to find out, he had not ate really in a couple of days. So we began to feed him and give him water and stuff for him to get his strength together. Even though he couldn't play any game, but the fact is we learned something, that when we came together as team moms and started providing for them kids, we made sure if it was practice or not, them kids had food or and stuff to drink water and juices because you never know what somebody else is going through and we got to stop looking at mine I don't want nobody touching my stuff I don't want nobody looking at my stuff I'm not saying open the door up to any and everybody be wise talk to God ask God about helping you with who you trust and who he wants you to trust just my heart is so open for the children. When i talk about children, I don't care if they from one day old to what younger than me. they kids because they're younger than me. They're somebody kids if they were not mine. We're going to always be somebody's children because even though my mother and father is gone, I still say my mother and father. They're going to always be my parents and I'm going to always be considered as their, their daughter. So with that being said, I just want you all to say in your heart that you're going to pray more. You're going to talk to God more. You're going to seek God. You're going to talk to the politicians, try to get involved with helping us get activities back for our children. Don't let them cut out the free lunch, free breakfast. If you already, like Apostle said earlier, if you're already in the financial state of life, how are we going to – not protest them trying to cut out free lunches. Because no matter where where we at, it takes numbers for politicians to get elected. And no matter what your name is, when it comes to politics, they see you as a number. When you say you're not going Minister, to vote. So, yes, ma'am.
0: I want to, uh, when you have an opportunity. I want to give the people examples of uh, investments as well.
1: Go ahead.
0: Go ahead. You can do it now. Okay. I know um, many people have tight budgets, but a lot of times when they get their tax return, if they could just put $100 in the bank for their children uh, each and just every month, uh, just go by and put $5, $10, you'll be amazed at how much money will be in that savings account with interest once that that child um, graduates from high school. You could even make it where they can't touch it and sell then. I mean, there's stocks, there's bonds, there's notes. Um, and then some people can go over to HUD and buy those $1 homes and find ways to gradually uh, fix it up and work with uh, people and their family. It's lots of investments. I know it seems like um, it's hard, but our parents, um, well, they were on fixed incomes and they still made sure they had insurance, so when they died, we didn't have to do GoFundMe. And so there's different things that we can do just to make it where the person has the uh, opportunity to, to succeed, burial insurance, term insurance, life insurance, and um, we can invest in our children. It's not about if they're worth it. It's not about if they're doing what needs to be right. It's about our parents may not have invested in us, but we can be the beginning of that investment. Um, just invest in your children. It's not about them. It's about what God is going to do with you for being a blessing to your children. You bless your children because God blesses you. It's just that simple
1: Amen Amen That is so true That is so true We just want to thank God for giving us the opportunity So before we close out tonight I'm going to ask Is there anyone else would like to make a comment on tonight For the safety The survival For our children Please speak now Okay, we love you all with the love of the Lord. Uh, my foundational scripture is Matthew 6 and 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We um, want you all to know that we're not pointing fingers at anyone. We're not trying to pull the, uh, somebody's lamp shade up or curtains open. That's not what we're trying to do. What we're trying to do is come up with something that is killing our community, our children. In Chicago, they're constantly showing on the news about when the children was downtown acting up. They're acting up all over in all neighborhoods, but they're focusing on us, black and brown. If we ever could come together and show them because, see, no matter what happens in the black and brown community, the black and brown community is what keeps this world growing because we the ones spending the money on all that stuff that they're selling that's overpriced because we know we look good, we like to look good. I ain't going to say them or those, us. We know we look good, we like to look good. So if we could just come together and show them how valuable we are, if we can come together and just shut down and don't, just stock up on some stuff that we know we need and then don't go spend no money for about a month, baby. After three days, they'll feel it and they'll start wanting to talk about bringing home some changes. The best way to hit America, especially the politicians, the rich ones, stop buying their products, shut it down. We'll start getting back the programs we need. We'll start getting this this education, these jobs. We'll start getting what we need, health care, mental health care, after school programs. We'll start getting what we need. America, when are we going to come together? Can we come together? Do we want to come together? Because we need to come together. It all starts at home. And home is part of your community. So again, thank you all for joining in. Please come back on next Monday. It's the first Monday of the month. Dr. Serena Wright will be our speaker from 8 p.m. Central Standard Time to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Come back on Friday, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm Minister Sylvia Kaiser, will be your speaker. Um, Be looking for me in and out through the week to pop in off on Facebook to talk to you about what we got coming up. Because I want to promote this ministry to get the word out. Come back on uh, Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for our very own possibly like Dr. Cecilia Kaiser. And uh, know that we will be handling this Let's Talk program. This is not just for us. This is for you all. You can talk on blog talks over the World Wide Web radio. Or you could talk on Facebook by typing in what you have to say or want to say because it's up to us to come up with a solution to save our children. Because y'all know what? I believe with everything been going on for the last so many years before COVID and during COVID and after COVID, I believe we've lost three, maybe four generations. What are you going to do when you get older and there's no one there or there's not enough of them there to provide the care you need? they already talking about putting these in these robots to take your job. You all, let's not have a place where robots don't have to eat a rest. There's still going to be some jobs out here. Don't get priced out of your position as far as getting a job. Yes, you get paid for what you work, but make sure your work has value on it. Again, we love you all. There's nothing you can do about it. Good night, everyone.